Hello and welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. Whether you are an athlete, adventurer, endurance enthusiast or simply have an interest in sport, you have come to the right place for inspiration, encouragement, motivation and as always, plenty of entertainment. The summer is flying by and we are really into the thick of the racing action now for this year. We're heading for the halfway point of the Ironman UK and Ireland season with Ironman 70.3 Staffordshire and Ironman UK Bolton already done and dusted for 2023. And in case you haven't heard, it's the end of the road for Ironman 70.3 Staffordshire after eight years and for Ironman UK Bolton after 14, with next year seeing the Bolton event change to an Ironman 70.3. I'm off to Swansea this weekend for the second edition of Ironman 70.3 Swansea and for more fun on the microphone. Speaking of fun, I had great crack on and off the mic at Mondello 24 last month, working as the event MC for the 24-hour bike race, as well as participating in the race as part of the Cycling Connect eight-person women's team. It was so much fun, despite the wind that was relentless over the 24 hours and the deluge of rain that fell from around 5am until around 10am. We were delighted to finish on the podium in second place. Our team of riders from across the province completing 780.75 kilometres in the 24 hours. It was so good to see the number of women taking part had increased hugely this year from one eight person women's team last year to seven women's teams this year. I hope this increase continues into next year and we see an even bigger turnout across the event. If you are tempted to take part or looking for info on the event, please don't hesitate to get in touch. It's a totally doable event, especially as a team of four or of eight. And as I've already said, it's lots of fun. As the announcing season goes into overdrive over the next few weeks, I haven't really decided what race will be next for me now. I have my eyes on the Predator Triathlon Club Sprint Race on the 6th of August, but haven't committed to it just yet. I need to get back into my training groove again. I've taken the foot off the gas away from structured training for a couple of weeks since Mondello, but I am raring to go again. Have you raced yet this year? If you have and you fancy sharing your racing experience with us, please do get in touch. I'd love to feature your race report on our website. If you are looking for some events to sign up to, you can find a selection on the website too. If you are racing Ironman or Ironman 70.3, particularly in the UK or Ireland this season, be sure to check out our handy racing guides on the Try Talking Sport website under the Performance Hub tab. We have guides on everything from ensuring you have everything you need for race registration and bike racking to also avoiding a dreaded penalty on race day. If you are racing Ironman Ireland next month, be sure to take a listen to the podcast with the fastest age group athletes from the 2022 event. It's episode 89 and the podcast gives some great insight into both the Ironman and Ironman 70.3 and what to expect across the race weekend. Before we dive into this week's episode, a big shout out to Ray O'Connor and Thomas O'Connor, not related, who were the only two Irish athletes to toe the line at the 2023 edition of the Badwater 135 last week. Covering 135 miles non-stop from Death Valley to Mount Whitney in California, the Badwater 135 is the most demanding and extreme running race offered anywhere on the planet. Completing Badwater 135 has been 12 years in the making for Ray O'Connor, who incidentally was our second guest on the podcast back in 2019. Both athletes successfully completed the event within the 48-hour cutoff. Ray in 39-20-29, that's 39 hours, and Thomas in 46-26-33. Congratulations to both runners and their crew. I'm looking forward to finding out all about the race and just how their adventures unfolded. As always, don't forget about our discount on Newasand products. If you haven't checked them out yet, go to www.newasand.com to see their range of products and use the code TTS15 to get 15% discount online. Now to this week's guest, Anna Grealish, who is the Women in Sport and Youth Programme Lead with Triathlon Ireland. She has been involved in the sport of triathlon for many years, initially as an athlete and for the past nine years as an integral staff member of the governing body in Ireland. Returning to racing last year following the birth of her youngest child, she shares lots of insight into her role within Triathlon Ireland and some of the many projects she has been involved with. Coach, coach developer and a driver of change, she has worked in the area of triathlon development with clubs, schools, juniors, age group athletes and coaches to develop and grow the sport of triathlon in Ireland. Anna has been central to the development of the Tri Heroes and the Tri Captains programmes for young athletes. With a particular passion for women in sport, she leads the Women in Sport programme for Triathlon Ireland and was elected to the Europe Triathlon Development Committee three years ago, subsequently leading on a number of European projects. As an athlete, Anna enjoyed a wealth of success. National Duathlon Champion in 2011, she was the 2013 winner of Hell of the West and winner of the Triathlon Ireland National Series in the same year. 
Racing at home and abroad, she clocked up an impressive number of podium finishes across a variety of duathlon and triathlon races over the years. Her most recent podium finish was at La Coutre Castle Triathlon Sprint Race in May of this year. Away from triathlon, Anna and her husband, Marcin, have a very busy household with three children, Saoirse, Jude and Annie, all under eight years of age. Sadly, in 2020, in the midst of the pandemic, Anna endured profound personal losses and grief, losing her mum to cancer and shortly after, baby Joseph was unexpectedly stillborn at 38 weeks. Both devastating losses for Anna, Marcin and their extended families. In this episode of the podcast, Anna courageously shares her story with us on how she coped with the compounded trauma following the death of her mum and her baby, turning to sport and physical activity as a means of healing and dealing with the grief she experienced. This episode may be triggering for some listeners, but Anna's resilience and story is very powerful and may be of help to others. If you would like to reach out to Anna, please contact me and I can provide her details. But for now, put on the kettle, make a cuppa and enjoy this impactful and insightful episode of the podcast. Anna Grealish, welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast. Finally, eventually, we get you on the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Joanne. Um, I'm just saying to you there, the weather's not been great this week, but um, yeah, it's nice to be out and about doing stuff. Still doing a bit of training and things. So yeah, it's nice. Good stuff. Well, I don't know about you, but I found it really difficult to sit at the desk and at the laptop during the um, the heat wave that we have. I was actually looking forward to the weather being a little bit cooler because it certainly wasn't conducive to sitting inside and all I wanted to do was be outside on my bicycle. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. So Anna, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know you um, are the women's lead with Trathon Ireland. You've been with the organisation a long time now. You're probably one of the longest standing members of the organisation. But tell us a little bit about Anna Grealish, you know, aside from triathlon. Aside from triathlon. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm originally from England. I moved over here in 2011. I met my husband, so that's why I moved to Ireland originally. And before I worked in triathlon, I actually worked in housing and regeneration. So something completely outside of sport. I didn't do sport at college or, or university as a as a degree. Um, I always did it as a hobby. So sport was always my hobby, never my job for a long time. So I kind of worked in housing, regeneration, planning. And then when I moved to Ireland, I moved in the recession. So there was actually very few jobs here at the time. So actually I did so many different jobs for a few years. So I was a waitress. I worked uh, in a gym doing fitness classes. I did swimming lessons. I worked in a bike shop. I did so many different things just to do something because it was really hard to get a, a kind of actual an actual job as in a kind of a big career job. So I kind of did loads of different things and actually loved that because I got to meet lots of different people. I live in quite a small town. So the restaurant I worked in, I met lots of different people in the community. But I'd always done triathlon as a as a hobby, I suppose, in my kind of early 20s, in, into, in, into my late 20s. Um, and so I spent, I suppose, my work. And then the other part of my life was training and doing triathlon <laughs> when I was when I was here. Um, so I kind of got into the job in triathlon kind of a little bit by accident. So I was racing a lot in Ireland. I knew a lot of people through through racing and a job came up um, advertised uh, as a part time role as a development officer. Um, as I said, I didn't have that much background in sport, but I had a lot of experience through racing, a little bit of coaching experience. So I managed to get a role within Triathlon Ireland and it just kind of grew from there. I was really lucky that um, when I joined the organization, it was fairly small. There was a lot of opportunities to grow the role, I suppose, where you wanted it to go. Um, and eventually I kind of said, I'd really like to be involved in women in sport. I was very passionate about it. I suppose coming into triathlon a little bit later myself, I kind of really saw the benefit of doing the cross training. And I really loved the kind of social side and the kind of friendships that you got from it. So I really wanted to kind of help women I suppose, who were in triathlon, but also who might be interested in doing triathlon. So I was so passionate about it right from the start that I was really, really, really excited to take that role on. Um, and as I said, that I was so lucky that I actually grew into that role and it became a full-time role. I think Sport Island really saw the benefit of women in sport um, across all sports. And they actually put quite a lot of funding into women in sport. And so we were lucky enough to be able to kind of go down that road. And, and what was that, 2000 and maybe 15, 16? Like we've really grown, kind of grown that over the over the years. So I suppose my my role has evolved from part-time development to full-time women in sport and kind of youth as well now. So um, it's been a, a long journey, I suppose, from starting, because I think I was saying to you there, like nine years, um, I've been there 
now I've been on and off having a few children <laughs> but in between that like it has been kind of a, a kind of long a long journey but a really exciting one and something that I think has really changed how women in sport is viewed across all sports I think there's really been a step change in that um, and I think that's just been brilliant to for everyone to kind of see um, how that's changed. Yeah, and, and looking at some of the projects that you've been involved in from the tri-heroes to the tri-captains um, and then, of course, the Beyond the Finish Line advocates, yeah. like there's been so many projects and so many diverse activities that you've created an opportunity for more people to get involved in triathlon, whether it was youths, juniors or women. Exactly. I think from a from a triathlon point of view, and I've always kind of thought this as well, like obviously participation is is really important to us so actually taking part in it as a participant but actually I feel that there's a whole other area that people can get involved in that isn't just doing a race or you know doing an event like coaching technical official volunteering you can be involved in any bit of the sport and I think every bit of it gives you something different and it's just kind of I suppose one of one of my big things is kind of letting people know that you can do those things so if you want to take a break from doing the actual racing but you still want to be involved there's other areas to do that and I think it's just so important to be able to let people know that they can kind of do that as well so all those different projects although they're all kind of different projects in their own right they're all over as part of a bigger bigger plan I suppose and I've been quite integral to kind of putting that plan together over like a four-year plan six-year plan to ensure that we are trying to get that long-term vision and I think it's important to have that long-term goal like so that you can actually put things in place to achieve that Um, and whether that's as you say through our schools program which is I think We've been doing that now for maybe seven or eight years, our Tri Heroes program. And that that's really grown. Like it started small. Like you, you probably know triathlon, you're competing against the massive sports in Ireland. So like triathlon is really kind of a niche sport, but we kind of have a program there that goes into schools and um, children get the opportunity to try something they may not have even heard of. Our Tri Heroes program does that. It's all in the school. The kids just have to bring their bikes and they kind of get a get a chance to kind of take part in a little duathlon or, or even a triathlon. And I think that's invaluable. Like I've I've delivered some myself and our other development officers around the country and our other coaches do that. And the end of that four week or however many sessions that, that they do, the kind of enthusiasm and like drive for that 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 the kids have is amazing. Like they've done something different, they've done it together as a group. It's about taking part in it. It isn't about winning, it's just really about just experiencing something different. And like it's just it's in it's infectious, like it's really infectious. And like you you even if you've planted a seed in those young people that they may come back to doing something like that when they're teenagers or when they're adults but they've tried it and I just think that's so important to try and kind of do that for them um because I think triathlon is it's a lifelong sport like I think you can do it your whole life no matter your age ability your background it is a lifelong sport and like if we can instill that in anybody I think it's really so so important um from an exercise point of view Absolutely. And I think as well, what's key in triathlon is and what we see coming through is, you know, people that mightn't have been good at ball sports. So like in 95 percent of schools around the country, it's ball sports. It's either uh, hurling, football, rugby, soccer, hockey, basketball. You know, it's all the ball, team sports, hand-eye coordination, team effort and um, all that kind of activity. And yet then you bring in triathlon where, yes, it's an individual sport, but it's a team sport when you have your club or your teammates around you. But people who may be at a young age are not interested in ball sport. This is something else that is being offered. And I think it's a huge eye-opener for people to show the other sports that people can engage with. And as we know, like getting kids involved in a multitude of sports, giving them the option to try lots of things is hugely important. And I think that's what comes through as well as we become adults. And we see some of the beginners events that clubs will have. You'll have, oh, I never really played sport in school, but actually I love triathlon because well, I didn't have to kick a ball or catch a ball or have eye hand-eye coordination, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think um, like I've I've spoken to quite a lot of teachers who've 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 done the kind of schools program and they said, oh, X, Y, and Z doesn't really like doing this kind of team sports, but they loved the kind of triathlon. And 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 it is so right that like a lot of people come into triathlon, even as older people, that they haven't done a team sport or they've finished doing a team sport and they, they want a different challenge. So like I really think it crosses the whole spectrum of people who maybe aren't sporty but want to try something different want to have a challenge have done team sports and want to come back to sport I think it really does kind of cross all those different areas so I think that's why triathlon is so is so special because it can do that not many sports can kind of say that I think um so I think that's why triathlon is is such a special sport 
it's three sports rolled into one, really. So you yeah. might have a cyclist that wants to do triathlon or you might have a triathlete who wants to focus on cycling or swimming or whatever. So it's it's really um, it's really good. Talk to me a little bit about the uh, Beyond the Finish Line Advocates and, and the program you have there, because that really has taken off as well. And it's ordinary women inspiring others to take up the sport or to stay involved in the sport of triathlon. Yeah, exactly. So we've had advocates probably for about four years now, um, and we have some amazing women who are advocates. So what we always wanted to do was have, I suppose, relatable people. So people who, um, you know, every I don't mean everyday people in a, in a in a bad sense, but like people who are ordinary people just kind of going about their lives, but are doing amazing things within triathlon. Um, and what we wanted to try and do was have, I suppose, people who represented a big cross section of our triathlon community. Um, and we were overwhelmed with people who applied to be advocates. Like we could have taken, we could have taken three times as many as we um, as as we did because people are just so passionate about the sport and helping others that I think it really kind of showed just the depth of, I suppose, women within our sport that are actually there to kind of showcase and, and support people. So we have uh, we have twelve advocates um, at the moment uh, spread around the country. I suppose a lot of them have different roles within sports. So we have a few coaches and we've actually just had one come onto our triathlon board more recently. So we've got a really kind of broad spectrum of, of kind of women there, technical officials, club chairs, age group participants, new to try people like a really kind of broad spectrum. And we try and get them to kind of work within their local clubs and their kind of local communities. We also use them in kind of uh, webinars, podcasts as well, just to try and, I suppose, get people to hear their story. I think it's so important that if you're doing triathlon and you hear someone else maybe has the same challenges as you or started the same place you did, it really kind of gives you a sense of belonging, I think, within that. And the, some of the women we have, I kind of don't want to name all the names because I'll probably miss somebody. It'd be awful. But like they are just so amazing and they've really been such good ambassadors for us. The stories that they have as well in terms of how they've come through triathlon or the kind of challenges they've had are so relatable that I think it's just and, and, and they're so happy to share that um that they've just been brilliant and we do hope that even like when this program finishes um eventually that they'll still continue to do that and I think they will because when you talk to them you really get the sense of passion from them and it's just so lovely to have them as part of our our kind of community of of triathlon I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said you know um or you alluded to kind of identifying with somebody else so there's such a depth of people within the beyond the finish line advocates that you can identify with maybe one person there or maybe you can identify with three or four different people and what they've done and where they're going and how they've, you know, spread their wings in triathlon. And coming back to your original point about getting involved in triathlon isn't just about being a triathlete. You can be a technical official, a coach, a race director, a club chair. You know, you don't have to be racing up and down around the country or abroad to actually be involved in the sport. And that's something that I think is very special about the sport as well. Um, And something that you've harnessed as well within Triathlon Ireland in terms of developing the sport beyond the actual aspect of swim, bike and run. Yeah. And that's why the name Beyond the Finish Line was so important for this kind of block of like four years, because we have the participation base. Obviously, we're always still trying to grow and get more more people to kind of try our sport. But I thought, actually, what is it that that attracts people? And like it, it's those role models, it's those leaders within the sport that those roles play a part of. Like if you have somebody who's a female coach uh, and they're coaching a group of young girls, they're way more likely to have that lady as a role model. And they'll, they'll want to continue. And I think that's so important to have women in these roles, like technical officials, club chairs, like anything, those kind of leadership roles, even if they don't think they're being inspiring, they really are. Like if they touch one or two, three people's like aspirations to, to kind of do something, even if it's outside of the sport. So it might just build their confidence or it kind of might just give them like something to think, oh, I could do something in that area. That's just so important. And like people don't realize the impact they can have on others just by being there do you know what I mean even like just by being there at a race registration or just by being there as, as a marshal or a volunteer it, it's just so important and like I think if, if we can if we can show that that's that's part of triathlon and that's part of the whole being part of that sport community I think that's just amazing 
from your own personal perspective, Anna, how have you seen the sport develop from when you were racing at a high level? Because I know you've raced at European level in duathlon. You're a former Irish national title holder. You've had age group awards in triathlon. I mean, you were a super athlete. I'm not saying that you're not a super athlete now because you did win La Cucha Sprint. Well, <laughs> but you're just coming back to the sport after having yeah. having babies, which we'll, we'll talk about in a few minutes. But, you know, how have you seen the sport develop over the years? I suppose the nine years that you've been involved from the other side of the finish line and then also you know where do you see the sport going over the next nine years so I think um when I was racing or when I was participating there was probably a lot more of the kind of 35 plus age groups even maybe kind of late late 20s early kind of 30 35s and they were the ones who were kind of very competitive now I think because of the growth of junior clubs and because of the kind of influence that the kids are having the winners generally in the kind of the kind of bigger age groups are kind of younger. So they're, they're starting to come through. I think a lot of people when I was racing, they maybe swam, biked and ran separately. Whereas now triathlon as a sport is what you do, if, if that makes sense. So like the people coming through their training for triathlon, they're not a swimmer and they've come into triathlon. They're actually they're starting out as, as triathletes. Mm-hmm. And I think club club development has been massive in that. So there are some amazing junior clubs around the country that have helped kind of do that. It's taken a long time because if you're, if you're taking kids in, um, fairly young it takes a while for them to get to that and um, I think we've just seen a big growth in people taking part there's a lot more um, new to try there's a lot more kind of beginners beginner friendly races that I would say that really encourages those people who haven't done it before to come along and try and um, try a triathlon um, and I, I think see what you did there I see I did it's clever isn't it try a triathlon <laughs> um, and I think that um, because there's so many more races just so many more opportunities that you can you can kind of go from your doorstep I think at one point there was a, maybe less races around the country and you were traveling a lot of the time but now there are so many clubs so many races it's easier to get involved and I think that's really testament to the was the kind of passion that people have for triathlon that they've grown it within their community and people are kind of joining clubs and um, that kind of thing so I think it's it's starting to get a lot more of a mainstream kind of thing I think it's it's on television a lot more it's just a lot more accessible for people so it's becoming it's becoming more um more of interest um I think so even at kind of races you kind of go and there's such a broad spectrum of people taking part and such a lot of people taking part I think it's fantastic it really has kind of grown over the over the years I've been been involved where do you see the challenges coming from over the next few years in terms of the growth of the sport or keeping people in the sport? Yeah, I think that's always a challenge is kind of keeping people in. Like I know I was having a conversation with um, one of our board members there a few weeks ago. We were kind of saying that kind of some some clubs have a lot of churn, a lot of turnover. People come into it and then they might go away for a few years, have a family or whatever, and then come back into it. So it's kind of keeping those people engaged and that's where your other roles can maybe come in I think one of the challenges is perhaps going to be making sure that we have I suppose places for the juniors as they as they come through so like we have a lot of people interested can we kind of keep them engaged so having amazing events having really good junior clubs there to kind of support them to to kind of come through I suppose we're always competing against the other sports so you have your big your big kind of sports and so we are always competing against that but I do think people come back to triathlon like I think they maybe try it a little bit when they're kind of in their early and uh, maybe early 20s and maybe have a break and come back again. But I think it's that kind of sport. It, it, it lends itself to that, that you can come back and, as you say, maybe just do an aquathon or maybe you could just come back and do a duathlon. You don't have to do the full the full swim, bike, run. But I, I think we have to keep it exciting and we have to keep it interesting for people. So there are a few things going to be coming across in, in, in a few years in terms of the junior side and in terms of like the women's side as well, that hopefully that will encourage more people to to get more involved again we just want to keep growing it because some sports can they might plateau but we'd really like to keep it keep it engaged I think as well and of course you can just rip off the racing plaster after six years and just go do a little a little race like I did <laughs> training away <laughs> with no plan and then suddenly yeah. get an option to do to do a race and go to La Coutre. so let's talk about uh, Anna Grealish and her racing because you did race at La Coutre in May of this year you won the sprint race you did a great race the race in 2022 um, but yeah. it really was like a kind of a comeback race for you in 2022 and I know you want to share some of your story and about the importance of sports so I will just hand over to you to maybe tell us a little bit about your own journey and what it's meant to you to be involved in triathlon over the past couple of years. So I've always always been sporty, always did sport at school and then kind of like a lot of people fell out of sport probably around my teenagers and didn't come back into it till I was kind of mid mid 20s um, and fell into triathlon. 
and then I was kind of uh, in Ireland and as, as you said before like I raced a lot so like we were racing training and racing kind of I was with Predator Triathlon Club and then I was with Go Try Racing Team did a lot of racing I did win a good few races I was I was quite good if I say I, so I, I remember I, I remember when I was starting out it was always Anna Grealish Anna Grealish winner Anna Grealish yeah. yourself and Martin uh, yeah. like the power couple of triathlon <laughs> seems so long ago now but yes that was kind of where we were at then and then got married and then and decided to have a family so kind of stepped back a little bit from triathlon I was already working in triathlon at the time so I'd kind of made that transition from I suppose I don't want to say athlete but like good participant into like uh work you need to take some of your own medicine you are an athlete (laughs) yes so like I kind of went into that role so had a family so had a little girl um in 2016 um, and actually came back fairly quickly into racing um after that so like I managed to race again the year after I'd had her and actually competed quite well I think sometimes you bounce quite quickly back sometimes after your first um and I think I I won a couple of races then and then kind of quickly had a few more (laughs) more children after that um what I really wanted to talk about I suppose is kind of the way that sports helped me after a really difficult time it was during COVID so not many people actually know this and it's quite a it's quite a hard thing to talk about but I really wanted to share the story because I hope it could help other people who hopefully not in the same situation that I was in but maybe facing other challenges so in 2020 obviously COVID had happened for everyone and a lot of people had very difficult times in COVID but for me it was particularly hard so um, I lost my mum to cancer in 2020 very early on in February she'd been battling cancer for only for 18 months she was quite young so she was 66 uh, when she passed away so that was really quick and again that was quite hard because my pet my family were in England so like we were traveling backwards and forwards while she was while she was unwell um and then a couple of months later exactly two months later almost to the day I was actually pregnant um with my third uh, little boy and I we lost him at 38 weeks so he was he was Joseph um everything was fine the whole pregnancy and then um I went into labor and didn't realize until I was at the hospital that he'd actually died so like he'd it was one in a million that that happened they didn't pick it up nothing could have really done anything about it but I went in thinking I was gonna have a baby and he died so that was a really 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 hard time it took a long time to kind of recover because obviously two massive massive grief events happened within a very very short space of time Um, and because it was covid no one really knew nobody was visiting people so we we just had to deal with it ourselves um, so at the time I had I had two small children, so I had a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and then obviously um, we had to, to kind of deal with all that. And I suppose the way that I dealt with it initially was I wanted to go about training because for me, exercise kind of helped me feel better um, and kind of deal with kind of issues like I'd go for a little run or something like that just to kind of make me feel a bit better. And I suppose I was kind of I suppose in one way I was, I was lucky enough we, we actually wanted to have another baby very quickly so I got pregnant very quickly after that but that whole nine months then of being pregnant thinking oh my goodness it might happen again like all that time was just the, the worst the worst time <laughs> ever so like sport actually helped me massively and I was kind of thinking about it afterwards and I was like what could what could I help other people with that I could take from this situation so it was an awful situation it's, it's really horrible it was really horrible but other people have experienced similar things. I was like, well, how can I help other people? It might not be the same situation, but what can I kind of say to people afterwards that might say, right, okay, you've been through a very difficult time, but you know what might might help? Going for a walk, getting a bit of exercise. I'm not prescribing exercise as a doctor, but like just from a kind of a personal point of view, like I really found that being outside, you know, being in the open, doing a bit of exercise made me feel so much better. And and I know a lot of people who maybe struggle with mental health or who have struggled with grief in the past or any big, so any big kind of uh, traumatic experience or, or traumatic issue. I just found that sport was a massive, massive thing for me. It just gave me something to think about that wasn't upsetting. It was something that I liked gave me something to focus on so we, even if I said even if it was just like going for a walk or eventually I kind of managed to get up to doing a bit of a run but I was also pregnant at the time so like trying to trying to train while I was pregnant now I did do it I trained the whole way through all all of my pregnancies um but trying to train as well at the same time as being pregnant was was a bit more of a challenge but I kind of managed to do it and I just felt that it was just one thing that if you could say one thing to somebody who's been through something like that, it's, you know, just try and get outside and, and do something, even if it's a walk, because it really does help help you kind of mentally. Um, 
because it was such a, a very difficult time and it isn't something that I would like obviously I'm sharing it now on a podcast which is probably I think people it's a bit strange but I, I do think like talking about things like that is important it's not something that gets talked about very much at all kind of stillbirth losing losing children all that kind of thing because it's such an emotional subject and it is very personal but I do think sport and exercise has a huge role to play in that and even if you're not sporty even if it's just getting out there for a walk it can really really help and I because not many people know that I've been through that I would never be able to kind of help people like that so that's why I really wanted to kind of talk to you about it because I think if people know that other people have been through something like that and I said it doesn't have to be what what I experienced but something that's a very traumatic experience or something that's been really really hard for you to deal with if you could say well why don't we just go for a walk together do you know what I mean like just within your club or something like that to kind of help that I just thought that was that was very a very powerful thing that I could help others with so the whole grief and whatever that I dealt with and I had to deal with and um, what can I get out of that to help others that was kind of what I was yeah. kind of thinking at the time I, I think you're very brave to come and talk to me and to talk to the listeners and to share your story um with us and um you know it's uh it, it kind of makes you think about what's going on behind closed doors that we never know you yeah. know when, when I contacted you first about La Coutra and you told me that you had had Joseph but that Joseph had been stillborn and I had no clue I was I was shocked I was just like oh my god and you opening up and sharing your story with the listeners might help to get somebody else having a conversation about something else as well that's traumatic that they might want to share I can't imagine how difficult it was to pick yourself up and come home from the hospital to to two young babies at home and to marching and to deal with not bringing home baby Joseph yeah yeah that was hard and um, it was really hard and like I suppose my other two were expecting the baby to come home so that was really 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 difficult but I think um we're very lucky that we have a very supportive family around us and um, watching my husband's family live live very close to us so we could still kind of see them a little bit but um obviously during Covid it was very very restricted around what we could do but yeah it was it was hard if you don't mind me asking, do you find it hard now meeting people and they mightn't know, they may have known you were pregnant with Joseph and they might think you now have four children that they don't realise that, you yeah, know. Yeah, but actually because I was pregnant during COVID, people probably nobody actually knew that I was pregnant. No, yeah, apart, obviously people at work knew and family knew, but actually outside of that because I wasn't, like there was no events on I wasn't going you kind of weren't going out I suppose everyone was in in, in the same situation you weren't out and about so people didn't really didn't mm-hmm. really know now it, it's kind of funny so when when my kids when my kids talk about our family they include him so they say oh we've got there's four kids in our family um, and Joseph he's he's an angel like they kind of talk about him like that so that's for me that's really nice that they still include him um but it is it's always going to be there it's always it's always he's horrible, always horrible. Family, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. He's all he is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, and then I had I had Annie the year after. So like, there's that kind of very short kind of gap there. So Annie's now two. Is she? So I yeah, she's two now. Yeah. So I'm back. I suppose I'm back doing a bit more, a bit more racing as I was in Lot Kutra. Um, but for me, like I said to you at the start, like Lot Kutra, because it's very close to where I live. Um, it's really to do that after all the the trauma and to be able to get myself to a point where I could race was massive for me I didn't I didn't go into that race thinking I'm definitely going to win this race I was really looking forward to just doing something (laughs) I didn't expect to win that sounds ridiculous but I really didn't um I just thought I'll just I was looking forward to it like it was such a nice day Lot Coop is always amazing like it's such a lovely atmosphere that you kind of go there and it's like oh this is lovely it's not high pressure like everyone's chatting there's like a festival atmosphere I always think there like and it's it's a really nice kind of race and you, I tend to know a lot of people because like Predator Triathlon Club come, Galway Triathlon Club come. So I know, I know a lot of people there. So I really enjoy that kind of sense of it. And for me, I suppose, after such a traumatic experience, just getting to the start line for me was a big win. It was a massive win. Um, and I just felt so happy to be able to, <laughs> to kind of do that race. Um, and it's really funny. So I was actually talked into doing the European Championships um, a few weeks ago. So I went to Madrid and raced for the age group athletes. As you do. Um, as you do. Well, I was there for work anyway. I, I sit on a, on the European committee. You actually presented over there as well, didn't you? Yeah, I presented. So I presented at the, at the European um, annual general meeting um, as well, which was a big deal for me actually as well, because 
few years ago, I would like never put myself forward for anything like that. And I've gone from that to actually presenting at the actual at the actual annual general uh, assembly. So that was that was pretty good for me, actually, standing in an election in front of all the different federations around Europe talking about development. That was pretty amazing. Um, but anyway, so the age group managers persuaded me to race. Are you there? Why not have a have a race while you're there? I was like, OK, OK, I did. So I kind of had like six weeks to prepare for this. It was actually the week after Lock Hootra, so I had been doing some training. And because you kind of think, oh, it's age group, part of the Europeans, the standard's very high. Um, so I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be last. I was like, right, I have, to do some, I have to do some training. I have to do some good training. So I kind of did whatever, got there, did the race. I actually did okay. I actually got turned into a duathlon. So for me, that was great because I'm, I'm a runner by, by trade. So <laughs> that was fine for me. So it was a duathlon. But I crossed the finish line. And then one of the first persons who I came across was Eleanor Condon, who I don't know if you know, she's a development officer. She's an amazing, amazing advocate for triathlon. She raced in yeah. Mandela. We yeah. were on the track. She's amazing. Yeah, she's just a fantastic coach. Like she's on the women in sport coaching programs as well. She's brilliant. She gave me a big hug and I just burst into tears. Wow. I think the emotion of everything getting to that start line and that finish line was huge for me. So like it just shows you like the the kind of release as well that sport can give you so like you kind of you go through so much training to get yourself to a point where you can start and I think that goes for anybody whether they're beginners or whether they're elites like the amount of time and the amount of commitment and um, sacrifice you have to put in to get to a start line is huge and people don't I suppose maybe think about that like even for someone who's never done a triathlon before you have to commit to mm-hmm. doing something to kind of get there so yeah I just crossed the finish line <laughs> big hug from Eleanor and just kind of burst into tears and she's like are you okay I was like yeah it's just so it's just taken so much to get here and I've been through so much to get here that it was just such a big kind of release for me and I think a lot of people probably go through that when it's when it's taken a lot to get to a race or taking a lot to get to something um, and just a pure kind of release at the end I think it's the adrenaline and the emotion. And when you're racing as well, I think you've a lot. I know you're thinking about things. You're thinking about your power or your watch or your watch or somebody coming behind you or somebody ahead of you. Your head can kind of go to funny places about what you think about. But then when you get to that finish line, there's a huge release. Like for for everything that it's taken to actually get to the finish line for the you're so proud of yourself, but you have the adrenaline buzz, you have the cortisol buzz, you have your emotions, you have your hormones, you have you have everything. It's like and it's and it, it, you're you're right in saying that, you know, regardless of the trauma and the tragedy that you've you've been through, it's a huge achievement to get to the finish line of a race, whether it's a 5K, a 10K, an Ironman, a triathlon, a cycling race. Because everyone has to go to their personal journey and their personal challenges and obstacles to get to that start line and then to that finish line. Exactly. And exactly. And as you said earlier, like you don't know what other people are going mm. through. So you never know like what someone's gone through or what someone's going through when you're at a when you're at a race or, or, or an event. Like you really don't know. So for everybody, it's such a challenge and such a journey. Um that for anyone who finishes anything, whether it's a 5K or a, a kind of duathlon triathlon anything it's it, it's a big deal and I think that should be celebrated a lot um, yeah. and people who kind of get get to that point should be so proud of themselves because it, it's hard it is it is hard and and it's the commitment as well that it takes yeah. to actually get yourself out of wherever you are into that mindset to actually get back training again and that's one of the things I wanted to ask you Anna how did you take the first steps to kind of get back into training to get back into that mindset of like okay I'm going to go out for a walk now I'm I'm going to get back into the swimming pool or I'm going to get back on my bike as we've said lots of people are going through challenges and journeys that none of us will ever know about so you know what what was it for you what was the catalyst that helped you I suppose get back on the road to to becoming a triathlete again I guess yeah yeah I think initially it was just um I just wanted to feel a bit more like myself again. And I knew that if I if I if I did something like if I went for a walk or, or, or a jog, I would start to feel like myself. I think once I'd had Annie and for example, I was kind of um kind of given the all clear to go back and do a little bit of training. Um and, and I kind of must say as well, like after after having children and childbirth, um, it's really important to have some kind of pelvic floor health uh, check because sometimes you feel like you're ready to go back, but your body isn't ready and you have to kind of be ready to kind of do anything. Um, so definitely pelvic floor health kind of check was a, is, is a massive thing to kind of advocate for the kind of women going back after having any 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 kind of childbirth but for me 
and this is, this is really funny so like um for me it was actually having something to aim for so I entered a race so I, I knew I actually had to do something because if I didn't I wouldn't be <laughs> able to get through the race so to have something even if it's a small goal so like I think I started back with park runs so like I just started back and did a little park run we have some amazing park runs around here and they're just so friendly and you can just pop down and do it there's 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 no signing up really you know what I mean you can just go and do it so I actually started with park runs and kind of did a few park runs gradually jog walk them and then like ran them a little bit faster and then just use them um, but having a goal for me was the big thing. So like even if it's a year down the line, kind of having something in your diary that you know you're going to try and do and then just trying to be a little bit more consistent. So for me, like obviously with three, three small children, it's very hard to have a training plan. So it's like, well, OK, they're in swimming lessons now. I'll have a quick half an hour swim. And that was my swim training for a long time, like just literally half an hour while they were in the swimming pool having their lessons trying to get a run in like before they get up it it really is a kind of juggling act and and people can say oh you, you know try and have a plan but that's fine but life sometimes gets in the way of that and I think as long as you know that and you don't get too stressed about trying to fit your training in particularly when you have got a young family or you are juggling work and family you know all that kind of thing it's hard and I think the expectation on people sometimes is a lot more than it should be I think it really should be about just trying to do what you can do just being happy with that because it is it, really hard especially because I was back working as well like after after kind of nine ten months so trying to juggle that as well is is kind of difficult and people who people who train for Ironman like with with a family and work I don't know how they do it my goodness me I was like struggling to train for a sprint triathlon <laughs> like how, how do people do that but yeah I think for me it, it was definitely having that goal and then just kind of having the mindset that if I can do a little bit every day or every other day even if it's 20 minutes even if it's like every other day do trying to do half an hour even if it's you know once twice a week to start with that's the main thing a bit of consistency there's no point in just doing a big long three-hour cycle once a week if, if you're training for, for, for a triathlon so it's kind of starting back slowly but just kind of being consistent and I've met plenty of women since who've kind of come back after childbirth or, or even who are just trying to juggle their training and, and, and work they kind of say that it's just about you know having a bit of a bit of um, consistency for, for their training um, and that just helps that just kind of keeps you keeps you going and I think it's a bit of it's a bit addictive you probably know this once you start it's kind of you just keep going it is it is kind of that that, that kind yeah, of sport definitely definitely yeah. and even even for the likes of me who hadn't done a triathlon since 2017 in Mallorca to turn around and do La Coutre, but I've loved the training. I went to Lanzarote in March. I kind of got back into like a little bit of a training routine. And then yeah. that's all it took. And my travel schedule and my work schedule doesn't really allow for a huge amount of consistency. Um, but actually just doing the little bits when you can, where you can, like I did a 3K run in Bolton at the weekend. That's all I got done. Now I did about 25,000 steps on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And I did <laughs> 20,000 steps around the house yesterday tidying it up and um yeah. getting some work done around it but like it's all those little things that they all add up really I wanted to ask you Anna about the support you received whilst you were going through the grieving process for Joseph and um, was there an organization in particular that you were able to reach out to or that reached out to you that maybe you would advise others to to look at or to search for if they're going through something like this um, either now or potentially in the future or have gone through this and maybe need some additional support yeah so there's there's um there's an amazing um charity in Galway so I was with in, in Galway Hospital um and Nicole Falicon um and they are an amazing amazing group of people um who reach out to you so they because at the time you don't know what to do you don't know what to do at all so like they they kind of give you um like a little box of stuff so like you can do um little handprints and footprints and like something that you wouldn't think of and you probably don't want to do at the time but actually a year or two later you can look back at the stuff and kind of you're, you're glad that you've done things like that so they do that and they also every year they light a candle um, and they send you a little card you know it's a, it's a really lovely a really really lovely thing they do have meetings like at the time it, it was covid so we couldn't do any face-to-face but they, they they have meetings there's a website they have counsellors so they they really do provide an amazing service and um, for anyone who's experienced stillbirth or early pregnancy loss as well and um, so it isn't just isn't just stillbirth if you lose any and if you lose a, a kind of baby earlier on in your pregnancy and um, they're also there to kind of support you so I'm hoping to do a bit of fundraising for them because I'd love 
to kind of give back um, to them because they do do an amazing job. And it, it, it's it's an organization you would never have heard of unless you need them. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's that kind of organization. And they're all volunteers. It's just an amazing support system. And actually, they support both the mother and the father. So like they provide support for both parents. It's not just on the mother because obviously you've, it's both of you who, who, who've lost. Um, so they're amazing. Um, and then funnily enough, other support kind of came ad hoc from people who I never knew had lost children, but they heard about us and they reached out to us. So it, it, it's a really funny topic because people don't share it. But then if they know of somebody who it's happened to, they will reach out. If I knew somebody it happened to, I would I would reach out. I would I would help them all I could. Um, but yeah, Failacon, I don't know if they have them all around the country. I know Failacon's the Galway one. Um, and that's who we who, who who supported us. But it's such an important such an important charity. But as I said, you don't know about them until you need them. So what ages are your children now? Uh, so uh, so Sirisha is seven, Jude is five and Annie's two. Uh, I have one at school, one starting school and then one at Annie's two. And are they big into sport now as well? The older one, is she big into sport? Yeah, it's it's really funny. And this kind of comes back to, I suppose, what kids see when they're growing up. So all, all our kids have seen is uh, running races and triathlon and cycling races. So they both did the um, Thai Triathlon Club do an amazing event. Um, they did it last year and they're going to do it this year as well for kids, a kind of duathlon on the 1st of October. Uh, my kids did it last year. So Jude was four and Sirish was six when they did it. It's a little mini duathlon. And I must say it's one of the best events I've ever been to. They were just so excited they got a medal, they got arm warmers, they got a t-shirt and that just made it and their medals are hanging in our kitchen. All they're talking about is going again this year and are they going to be in the same age category and can they go faster and it's just like my goodness my children are (laughs) turning into me. Um, They've definitely inherited their mum and dad's competitive streak anyway that's for sure. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, so they are interested in in sport. Um, I think it's because they've they've always been around it. I think that's that that that's a big thing actually. Like if kids are around sport, even just watching it or kind of seeing it, they do tend to pick it up and kind of want to do it. Whether that's any sport, like it doesn't have to be obviously triathlon. They 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 want to do activity. They're always riding the bikes. They come to park run. Do you know what I mean? They they are kind of like that. My youngest Annie, whenever she sees a runner now, she'll just stop and clap. Oh, because it. she thinks that's what you do even if the, the kind of joggers jog along the road she'll stop and clap because so that's what you do at, at races that is what you it? do you stop and clap yeah so from a very early age <laughs> I don't know if this is good or not yeah no it's um, great it's super yeah. super yeah so like I always try and say to them like you can try you can try any sport because I I, I really firmly believe that like if they're exposed to enough things some they'll find something that they like it, it, it might not be triathlon it, it might be running or it might be dancing or it might be hurling like something something will stick and for me as long as they're happy and active that's all I really care about for for, for my kids because like triathlon is not for everyone now Siosha wants to do triathlon that's all she wants to do Jude he'll do anything he's very much like I'll just play I'll play sport but Siosha just wants to be in a triathlon club so she'll be on a waiting list I think for a club soon but yeah she they all they all like sport but I think it's just seeing us doing it genuinely I think because we're always training like we're always going for a run or going for a bike ride or on the turbo outside when they can see through the door so I think they 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 genuinely like just have an interest in it which I think is lovely if I can just keep that interest as they get older um because I think one of the things as we kind of said before the kids kind of maybe lose interest or they drop out when they're teenagers and and for me I suppose looping back to the women in sports side it's a huge area where I really want to make a difference because trying to keep girls particularly engaged um through that teenage period is really hard all sports have the same kind of issues um so I'd love I'd, I'd love to see all, all my kids doing something doing something active to kind of have that lifelong love of love of sports that the, the we do so it'd be Absolutely. nice to kind of keep and, yeah and so Anna what's next for you then on the sporting calendar so you've raced at Lockwood oh, you've raced at Europeans are you doing <laughs> Ironman no <laughs> not yet not yet it, it's, it's so funny because uh, someone else asked me that so so uh, what race is next I don't know is the honest answer like I I'll probably just go back to do a bit of running Um, I really want to break my park run PB and then which is 1945 I can only dream. Yeah, I don't know. It could be, could take me a few years to get back to that, but that's my ultimate goal. But I, I actually think I, I might do some some duathlons next season. So again, having a goal for like after the winter to kind of keep me motivated, I think that's really important. Um, so I might do a few few duathlons and maybe a few triathlons next year as well. Um, mm-hmm. as my time gets back, a bit more time back eventually as the kids yeah. get a little bit older. When yeah. they all when they all go into school. Exactly, I have loads of time then. 
Know <laughs> the time for the three-hour bike rides. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, I know. Anna, if you were to give one piece of advice to somebody who wants to take up triathlon and isn't sure that it's for them, what would you say? I would say if you can find a local club that has like a taster day or like an introduction day or a kind of uh, a one-day thing, you can go and try it out. Um, try that because I think if you see and you experience it, you're more likely to want to want to give it a go. The other thing I'd probably say, I know that's two pieces, but like I think people have the the kind of thing that it's a really expensive sport and you have to have all, all the stuff to start with. You really don't. Like you can kind of go in with kind of basic stuff. A lot of clubs have stuff you can borrow or you know, you can kind of loan while you're starting out and just kind of try and get into it that way. Um, I genuinely think if you try it, it's so cliched, if you try it, if you try it, then you you probably will end up kind of sticking in. And if you can get into a club, the social side is brilliant. You, you, you kind of know through like Galway Triathlon Club and like the kind of social side and the people that you meet. Um, like I'm still friends from way back when I started triathlon, like through Predator and then Go Try. They're still all my friends. Mm. I don't see them very often because at the moment I don't get to any training sessions, but like, they're still my friends and I think that's such a lovely thing that you can just pick up again and oh hi you see see them at a race like 10 years later and you're still friends with them because yeah. you've got a common and, and common it's kind the of thing. aspect of it as well I think it which is. is absolutely huge yeah final question if you look back at everything you've achieved both as an athlete with work with your family everything what would you say is your proudest achievement oh my goodness that's a hard question I know it's terrible the proudest it's thing. so mean you can pick a few if you want can I pick a few? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick three things. Okay. One of my biggest, I suppose, sporting achievements for me was winning Hell of the West when I won Hell of the West because I was not expected to win it. I just had the best day I've ever had in my life as a race and it just all came together. So like I crossed that finish line and again, I was just so proud of myself because it's such a hard race. As anyone knows who's done it, Hell of the West is hard. So that's probably one of my biggest sporting achievements. From a work side, um, I think and we haven't touched on it, but like I'm actually a coach developer. So like I deliver coaching courses. So you get a huge amount back from delivering coaching courses to people. So like you see them come on a course to start with and they're maybe a little bit nervous or a bit unsure and they finish the course and you know, they're going to be really good coaches. They're going to go out and make a difference to people. So that's a, a kind of big thing that I kind of stepped into as well like from, from a coach developer side and actually probably the European committee. So as you said before, standing, finally standing up with that legs and having not being sure if I should even be on the committee like do I have the knowledge like can I stand up in front of people and kind of do this thing so actually standing to come full circle from not being sure should I be here to actually standing in front of Europe and presenting on behalf of uh, of the committee so those two things are quite different but like I do a lot of different things <laughs> so like it's hard to pick one thing Joanne that's that's quite a hard question um but yeah I think those those things are kind of made me very proud of, of myself and it's not often that you get to look like that I think at yourself so yeah I was I was proud of those those bits fantastic well thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and for sharing your story with us and I'm sure it will resonate with many people who listen to the show and I'm sure some people will um, potentially reach out to you as well and congratulations on everything that you've achieved and you've achieved so much so well done and uh, best of luck with everything for the future and I hope to see you on a race start line again soon where I'm racing again and not talking <laughs> yes very good thank you so much for having me and as I said, if, if anyone does want to contact me about any of the, the kind of issues I'm happy to help anyone who has any issues around what we've talked about or even triathlon island related yeah delighted thank you so much for having me on it's been lovely thanks for tuning in i hope you enjoyed this episode you can get in touch with any feedback or guest suggestions by emailing me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com if you would like to hear more great episodes of the podcast be sure to check them out on our website or wherever you get your podcasts you can follow all of our activities and podcasts on facebook twitter linkedin and on instagram if you have any feedback or guest suggestions, email me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com. I really would love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay safe, keep smiling. And remember, as always, to look for fun and adventure in every single day.